You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is May 11th, 2018. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Happy with you. Thanks for giving me a couple days off here. Not a lot going on in the Magic Kingdom these days. We are still patiently awaiting for the Magic to name their new head coach. It could come tomorrow, could come Monday, could come Tuesday, could come next Saturday, could come anytime. We don't really know. The Magic have done a very good job keeping their intention secret as well as uh, keeping their search very, very quiet. Um, It's making it very hard to kind of discuss anything else because it just feels like that's what the oxygen in the room is waiting to to consume or or I don't know what what the analogy would be. But we are waiting for it. There is very little news coming out. There was a report from uh, New York Daily News is Mitch Lawrence uh, suggesting that the Magic uh, did not have a good interview with Jerry Stackhouse. Uh, that was uh, vociferously refuted by Josh Robbins and the Orlando Sentinel. And I think we all trust Josh just a little bit more on things. Josh Robbins reporting that the Magic had not even interviewed Jerry Stackhouse. That was one of the favored candidates or one of the candidates that uh, many Magic fans and many observers even thought, even Evan Fournier thought, the Magic would hire Jerry Stackhouse, the head coach of Raptors 905. The only thing that I know about this is I was told by uh, by a source that uh, that the Magic, or at least toward the end of the season when it was beginning to become clearer that the Magic might move on from Frank Vogel, so it, this may have been outdated information or maybe outdated information now, but I was told at the time that the interest the Magic had in Jerry Stackhouse was just a bit overstated by the media. It was, uh, it, at, at the time, and it still feels this way with a lot of the coaching search with the Magic really not leaking any information with Jeff Weltman staying very, very quiet. Um, it, 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 feel, it felt like there was a lot of dots being connected. I think a lot of us expected the Magic to make a hire this week or, or to kind of wrap up their interviews this week because the Raptors got eliminated and Nick Nurse, who's long been uh, probably the favorite candidate, uh, I would say the betting favorite, honestly, to become the next head coach of the Orlando Magic. Now that he's available to be interviewed, possibly, or to be hired outright, it felt like that might get some movement. Of course, we don't know if the Magic have even interviewed Nick Nurse. I wrote uh, an article, and I'll probably, if the Magic don't make a hire on Friday, I'll probably comment about it on Monday. Um, if the Magic... Uh, uh, the differentiating between assistant coaches is really, really hard. Um, it's hard for the public to get a sense of of exactly what the roles and responsibilities are for some of these coaches, for some of these people um, in, 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 in that the Magic would be interviewing. Uh, and so without much information to go off of, we're just kind of groping around blindly in the dark. Um, you know, uh, that that's really all it is. So I, 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 if you know me, if you've listened to the show, I, I don't like to get into speculation too much. I, I don't think it does really anyone any service. Um, right now, all we know is the Magic have interviewed David Vanterpool. They've interviewed uh, David Fisdale. And they've interviewed Ime Yodoka. We don't know if they've interviewed Nick Nurse. We don't know if they've interviewed anyone else. I've, I've kind of been throwing kind of wildly out there. You know, maybe the Magic are interviewing Jerron Collins, assistant coach for the Golden State Warriors now that... The, the Warriors and the and the Rockets and the Celtics and the and the Cavs have this little bit of a break. Maybe the Magic are we're waiting to interview uh, the Philadelphia 76ers assistant coach who's also going to be in the running for the Atlanta job. Maybe everyone is waiting for uh, the NBA draft lottery to figure out. Okay, is the Magic job really better than the Hawks job? You know, it, some of that might still be in play. So 
there's no timeline for when this decision is going to get made. Uh, you know, we're all kind of waiting for it. I'll try and break in if, if it gets made on Friday or over the weekend. Um, and, uh, and we'll have a podcast on that as well. Um, having said that, this week's been a little bit odd. I did the podcast on Monday and Tuesday. I skipped Wednesday. I'm recording this on Thursday night. I want to thank everyone for their patience with me over the course of the week. Um, you can probably tell... Uh, just by listening to Monday and Tuesday's podcast compared to today. My energy's a little bit up. Uh, I'm a week uh, off of surgery. Um, planned surgery wasn't emergency or anything, uh, so I appreciate everyone's patience with me. Um, it's been a quiet week in the Magic Kingdom. I probably would have had trouble coming up with content anyway, uh, but uh, definitely uh, wanted to thank everyone for, for their patience. I know this is a daily podcast. It's advertised as a daily podcast. Uh, you know, we, we still want to go daily up and up through the NBA draft and into free agency. Um, but, uh, like I said, uh, you know, they, life comes up in the way. So I do want to thank everyone. Um, just letting everyone know I'm doing perfectly. All right. Um, my doctor told me that I'm healing up pretty nicely. I, you know, still have a little bit of a headache or stuff. Um, so I'm still not quite a hundred percent, um, but I'm hoping to be back up and running in full next week. And that reminds me, of course, we're going to get this out of the way too. That reminds me, of course, to remind everyone to tune in to Tuesday's Google Hangout. That's right, NBA Draft Lottery Google Hangout. I'll be broadcasting with confirmed guests, Ricky Skricka of Orlando Magic Daily and Aaron Goldstone of Orlando Pinstripe Post. They are the two, they are the two draft guys for, for our, those respective sites uh, for Orlando Magic Daily, of course, with me. Uh, and uh, Aaron on Orlando Pinstripe Post. Um, we're going to talk all about, the, we're going to recap the Magic season. We'll hopefully discuss a coach. That would be nice. Um, and then we're going to talk about the draft uh, while the NBA draft is going on. So be sure to join us live. I'll send out the links on Locked on Magic as well as, as the other channels that I have. Um, so definitely be sure to check us out. Tuesday night, we're going to start at 7.30 p.m. 7.30 p.m. So a half hour before the NBA draft lottery show begins. We're going to talk about the Magic season. We're going to talk about the draft. And then we're going to watch the NBA draft lottery live. The draft lottery will probably, the show starts at 8. The actual draft lottery, or at least the unveiling of the draft selections, will probably begin around 8.15. And then, of course, Game 2 of the Eastern Conference Finals between the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Boston Celtics will take place starting at 8.30. So by about 8.30 Tuesday night, we'll know if the Magic struck it big or if uh, they or if they crapped out once again. We'll find out all that together. Uh, I'll have my big board out, hopefully. Um, hopefully, I'll be home by then. My mom is is not letting me leave her site right now. Um, but hopefully, uh, I'll be, uh, again, I should be up and running by then. But we'll have uh, we'll have plenty to go off of. And yes, I just realized I made a podcasting in my mom's basement joke. Um, I swear that's not normal, uh, but it is for now. So with all that out of the way, of course, that, that the nice little intro there. Today, I want to start turning to the NBA draft. Um, I think I've been a little bit neglectful talking about the NBA draft, and it's it's obviously something that's on the horizon. There's a lot going on with the Magic, and I spent a lot of time, I think, focusing on recapping the season. I'm 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 a game guy. I love games. I I, I find the the daily grind of the game, of the game schedule of of the regular season to be to be interesting. It's why I love the Toronto Raptors so much. Um, and, and respect and recognize what, what they've accomplished this season despite their flame out in the Eastern Conference uh, playoffs. But uh, it, it is time to start turning to the NBA draft. It is time to start thinking more seriously about the NBA draft because once Tuesday comes along, come, come Wednesday morning, we're going to know exactly where the Magic are going to pick and we're going to know exactly who is going to be on the target list for the Orlando Magic. 
Um, we've talked about it uh, on some occasion. You know, obviously, we've known that the Magic had been tanking. We know that they're not tanking, but we know that the Magic would be picking with a high draft pick for some time now. It's it's no surprise that the Magic are where they're at. And so we've, we've had to have some cognizance of who the Magic might be picking from and who might be available uh, to the team uh, come the draft. And, and we've obviously been watching and keeping an eye on some of those top prospects. And yeah, maybe some camps have developed. Again, by Wednesday night, we'll know exactly who the Magic should be working out, who they'll be looking at with their first-round pick. I'm beginning to do my deeper dive into the NBA draft. This is about the time that I really, you know, I, I keep an eye on the top prospects. I kind of have some basic opinions, but, you know, pretty soon I'll be, you know, we'll be cranking out player profiles. Ricky Skrika of Orlando Magic Daily has done a great job with his player profiles. I'll link a few of those uh, here with us today today on today's show. Um, but I really haven't given my weight and given you my opinion on what I think of this draft class or, or what or what I think, uh, where I think that everyone ends up now that the college season's obviously over and we can look ahead to this NBA draft lottery. And so on today's show, I'm going to give you my big board, essentially where I think each player goes and really base it off of what the Magic's needs are. Um, you know, uh, again, I highly suggest you follow our, 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 our draft expert on Orlando Magic Daily. Um, and I, I am saying that, you know, to, to, to pump Ricky up a little bit. Um, you can follow him at rscricka one He's done some tremendous work and research on this draft. He's got some good hot takes on this draft class. Um, done a lot of statistical work on this draft as well. He's not as high on some of the players that I'm as high on. Um, and so I think we do provide a good contrast and we'll definitely talk plenty more as we get closer and closer to the draft. Judging by how this coaching search is going, the Magic aren't going to leak very much about who they have in and how guys are looking or how guys are doing. Um, so, you know, we're going to have to scrounge for information again. And and and, and really, honestly, even last, last year, once Jeff Weltman took over, information really shut down. Uh, this is kind of how he operates, I think. Information really shut down with him and... Uh, and we didn't really know until the pick was made that the Magic were taking Jonathan Isaac. I think that, and the Magic didn't even have Jonathan Isaac in for a workout, actually, if, I, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, we all kind of assumed it was between Dennis Smith and Jonathan Isaac. I think on my mock draft, I switched to Jonathan Isaac at the last second. I, if I didn't, I will still take credit for it. Um, I think I was still deciding between the two, entering the last few moments of the draft before the before the draft started. Um, so we'll... Obviously, this 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 org this this organization right now operates very very secretly secretively, but we have seen these players play. We've seen a lot of these players play, and I think that we can safely begin sorting these guys out. So I'll go through my top ten players here on the podcast. My top ten Orlando Magic NBA draft big board. This isn't an overall big board. This is who I think the Magic should take. Um, number one, though, and really it should be the best player available, so it's pretty close to who the best player available is. Number one, I uh, personally, I think if you don't have Luka Doncic, number one, I think you're a little bit crazy. Um, Luka Doncic uh, had a triple-double uh, earlier this week, um, but that's not, I mean, that's that, that part's an unusual occurrence, but he's been really good. Um, I, I think you can... More than any prospect in this draft, you can look to his statistics and really feel like there's meat behind them. Because he's not playing against college kids. He's playing against men. He's playing in EuroLeague, the second best league in the world. 
And not only is he playing in EuroLeague, he is starring in EuroLeague as an 18-year-old. This is a, a what, 6'5 point guard? 6'8 point guard? A guy who has preternatural passing ability. It's a second nature to, to his passing. Still improving a bit as a jump shooter, but the fact that he is dominating, and I do mean this, dominating men at this level, I think speaks very, very highly of him. I think that says a lot about him and his ability. Um, as I've said, I've kind of talked fleetingly about this draft class. Um, I, I do think what is important to note about this draft class is that every single player does have a flaw. One of the reasons I was not super into the idea of tanking, and, and I think Luka Doncic is a very good player, and I think there are several very good players. I think there are at least seven potential franchise players, but it's all about, and this was my general point about the tanking thing, there there are seven potential play, good players in this draft, but they all have a fatal flaw. They all have a flaw that if you don't develop them correctly, they will bust. They will not be the player that you need. And so that's why I was so big on culture and developing good habits, knowing that the Magic were probably going to end up with the top seven pick anyway. They were going to get one of these great, one of these really good players. Um, obviously, it's a lottery, so you know the Magic aren't in line to get Luka Doncic. They're they're in line to pick fifth, which I think there's still some really good options at five. I think they can get a really good player at five. But let's also be really clear here too that. Luka Doncic is not a home run. Again, I think he is far and away the best player in this draft, but he is not a home run. He is not a great jump shooter, which is obviously very important in this league today, especially for this team, for this Magic team and the the way the roster is currently constructed, especially if you consider Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac building block players. He is not overly athletic, which is a concern for him in the NBA. Is he going to be able to defend other more athletic point guards in this league? Those are two very big questions about Luka Doncic. But while I'm going to point out some of these flaws, I do want to make this perfectly clear. It is very, very easy in this draft process, especially, like I said, because every single one of these players could be very, very good, but they do have a potentially fatal flaw. It's going to be very, very easy to focus on those flaws alone and forget what these guys do well. Luka Doncic is the best passer in this draft. And I'm I'm very high on Trey Young's passing. So he's got a he's got a, I think he's got a leg up on everyone. He's not only more ready to play in the NBA today, I still think he has a lot of upside. I think he can continue to get better. I think his jumper can continue to get better. And I think he could become a crafty defender. Is he going to be a league best defender at point guard? No. But I think he could be very, very good in the long run. And like I said, I think, I, I know Mike Schmitz has him second on his big board right now. I think you're a little crazy if you don't believe, or Jonathan Giovoni, sorry, has him a number two on his big board right now, and, and I respect Jonathan Giovoni's opinion very strongly. I think you're a little crazy if you don't have Luka Doncic as your runaway number one pick. ESPN.com currently has the Magic taking my number two guy if they win the lottery. I played the, the lottery machine, got the number one pick on my first try, 8.8% chance. And they had the magic taking DeAndre Ayton. Um, 
if you read Ricky Skrika's stuff, um, and again, I respect, I, I think that Ricky has done a great job on the draft, great job analyzing these prospects, breaking down some of their numbers, and and really thinking about these prospects at a deep level. He is he is not high on DeAndre Ayton. Uh, and I understand why, because I think like Doncic, Ayton does a lot of things really, really well. Um, I think that he is, he's, he's a freak athlete. Um, like if Doncic is is a guy who's more technical skill than athleticism, Aiton is probably more athleticism than technical skill at this point. He's a freak athlete. He feasts on weaker defenders. But the question remains with him: How is he going to do against bigger guys? Because he was essentially playing power forward at Arizona. And then the next question is: How is he going to defend at this level? I've often said he is Andre Drummond with a more refined offensive game. And that's fine. Andre Drummond is a great is a solid player. I don't think he's a he's a borderline all-star every year. Um I don't think you're necessarily winning championships with him, but he's he's a solid player. But Aiden really struggles on the defensive end. And it's it's you know, I think a lot of people are really hard on him defensively. I, when I watched him play, I saw a guy who wants to do the right things defensively, and I think he can learn and grow defensively, and that's why I'm much higher on Aiton and why I still, I think he's comfortably, I think Doncic and Aiton are your comfortable one and twos in this draft. I'm much more comfortable with Aiton because I think he wants to do well defensively. It's just not second nature to him. And the question then is, if you don't have good defensive instincts, can you learn good defensive instincts? I saw Aiton at Arizona make some fantastic plays this year. I saw him make some fantastic defensive plays and put in some solid defensive efforts. Was he perfect? No. Was he a force to, to stop other teams cold in their tracks? No. That's not who he's ever going to be. And increasingly in this league, you need a guy that's going to do that. You need a guy who's going to protect the rim. And that takes great anticipation. But I do think Aiton does have a higher defensive ceiling than people give him credit for. I think that... He, uh, that, that he, again, wants to do the right thing. It's just not second nature to him. And so getting, again, this is where I think the coach is so important. Getting a coach in who can teach him what to anticipate, what to watch for, especially early on in his career when those habits are still forming, that's going to be absolutely key to Aiton's career. If he ends up in, then again, this is, this is why I was so big into culture all year long. If Aiton ends up on the wrong team, He's not going to be very much. If he ends up on the right team, I think he could be a really special player. And, and that's kind of where I fall on, on him. Number three for me is Jaron Jackson Jr. of Michigan State. He's listed as a 4-5. I think he's a 5 at the NBA level. Um, if, if, and what's all, uh, Muhammad Bamba is probably my number four. Uh, if, if Mo Bamba, who is a, a, a length freak, seven feet, seven foot nine wingspan, if Mo Bamba is the best defensive center in this league, and Marvin Bagley, who I would probably put uh, sixth on my board, and Marvin Bagley is all offense and no defense in this draft, Jaron Jackson cuts right in the middle. Um, at Michigan State, he was a great shot blocker. Kind of fouled too much, um, but I think I think that that Ricky made this really good point to me because um, I, I watched a few Jaron Jackson games. I didn't watch him a ton, um, 
it felt like his fouls were from overaggression. And, and you don't mind that because you can dial back overaggression. But Jackson has good timing with his, with his shot blocking, which is incredible for such a young player. He's only 18 years old still. He's the, I think he's one of the youngest players in this draft. He's got great athleticism. He's got uh, uh, some natural offensive instincts that are still just a little bit unrefined. And he's obviously still got room to grow. He's still a very, very young player. And so I think that potential puts Jaron Jackson to be number three. Like I said, I have Mo Bamba number four. Uh, I think the wingspan and shot blocking is all is, is just it, it 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 screams John Hammond. It screams that that's a John Hammond pick. That that's the guy I want if I'm John Hammond. Um, I I think that 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 is uh, if he works out works looks really impressive in his workout. He's already seeming to refine his game. He's got a little bit of a jumper. He's not I would say a great jump shooter yet, but he's someone that. Um, could definitely grow from there. Um, I thought he deferred to his jumper a little bit too much at Texas, but I said that about Miles Turner, and Miles Turner turned out okay. Um, so Mo Bamba's offense will be a work in progress, but he has the potential to be like a Rudy Gobert type defensive player. I don't think he's the crazy athlete that Gobert is, so I don't want to put that expectation on him. But obviously, long limbed, he will block shots just by his mere presence and help lock down the paint, and that would help the Magic out tremendously. Number five on my list is probably the more most controversial player in this draft. That is Trey Young of Oklahoma. There are some people that believe Trey Young just put up a lot of numbers. There are some people that believe Trey Young is the next Stephen Curry. Uh, and you you've, aren't going to find many people in the middle. I'm probably leaning more toward a, Trey, a Steph Curry facsimile, but uh, I don't think he's quite Go, ever going to reach that level. I don't think his his ball handling, especially with his weak hand, is, is as strong. Um, and his finishing at the rim certainly isn't as strong either. The turnovers are a major concern that he'll have to continue to grow with. But having said that, in this league, having a guy who can score from just crossing half court and has that scoring mentality, the Magic have been missing that, first off. They, they've been missing a guy that has that scoring mentality. And number two, that changes games. The way that he could potentially warp defenses just by dribbling around and being a threat to shoot at any moment, that is an absolute game changer. Now, Young's not going to give you much defensively, but I think that he... I, I, I'm I'm a little bit higher on him than, than a lot of people. I'm not, like, gushing that he should be top three or anything like that. Um, but I, I think Young... He feels like a really impressive player to me. I think that he... Uh, has that potential to to be that missing piece that the Magic need offensively, and honestly, uh, while his turnovers are a bit of a concern, while you know I think that that he was overused a little bit at Oklahoma, I think that his passing ability is really underrated. I, honestly, I don't think we talk about his passing enough, and it's not the flashy passes. It's not behind the back. It's not the 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 the, the, the pocket passes. It's not anything like that. It's the simple ball reversal passes. He puts it right in the shooting pocket. He's a really skilled passer, and I and I think that might tip him over the edge with some teams. Um, tips him over the edge for me. His defense is definitely a concern. The Magic just came out of a bad point guard relationship with some bad defense. Um, but I'm still really high on Trey Young. I have him number five on my big board. All right, I'm going a little bit longer than I wanted to here, so let's run through these bottom five. Like I said, there's probably two more players that I think have potential, star potential, um, that, that I that I would be really excited about. Um, I go with Marvin Bagley here at six. 
Um, Bagley, like I said, pretty much all offense. He is a, a gifted, strong offensive player. Probably the most natural offensive player in this draft, honestly. They're, they're, uh, Trey, outside of Trey Young, um, there's not a better scorer in this draft, in my opinion. Um, and the question is, what are you going to get from him defensively? Mike Krzyzewski hates playing zone defenses. He does not play zone defenses. He played zone defense last year, and I can tell you it, a lot of it was because of Marvin Bagley. Even I, I've never seen this happen. I saw teams attack Bagley out of his own defense. They specifically attacked his zone. You don't see that. Uh, and so I, I think Bagley's defense is a major concern if you're trying to build a team around him. Uh, and this this part goes for my number seven guy, Michael Porter Jr. as well. Um, for the Magic, at least, drafting between Bagley and Porter means you got get you're essentially letting Aaron Gordon walk uh, because you can't play Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, and then Bagley or Porter. You can't do that. There's there's just not enough space on the floor. Um, they play this. They all play the same position essentially. Uh, and so I, I I think that. You know, I, for the longest time, I had Bagley and Porter simply off my board. I just, I just was not going to consider them because if you're keeping Aaron Gordon, why would you take a guy that plays the same position as him? Um, if 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 you're you're investing in Jonathan Isaac, why would you take a guy that plays the same position and push him out of the rotation? That doesn't make sense to me. Now, if you're drafting at six or seven and he's the best guy on the board. I'm not against it. Um, you know, Michael Porter didn't play at all this year because of the back injury, and that back injury concerns me a lot, which is why I have him seven, and, and I would even venture to guess, say that Mikal Bridges is, is ahead of him too. But at least with Michael Porter Jr., if he reaches his potential, if Michael Porter Jr. reaches his potential, he's probably the second best player in this draft. Let's 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 be clear on that too. Michael Porter Jr. has has the talent to be that good of a player. But we don't know if he can reach that talent, that that ability, especially because of the back injury, and and a lot of his pre-draft workouts are going to be based on figuring out whether that back injury is uh, something long-term or not. Obviously, now we're outside of that top seven. Like I said, those seven guys are potential franchise players. They all have a fatal flaw. I think I've I've noted them noted them, but they all have something in them that I think makes them really really good. To me, Macal Bridges, and I'll probably put Colin Sexton in there. The next tier, Macal Bridges and Colin Sexton, um, I think are solid players. They do have star potential. So again, this is a good, deep draft. I'm not like gushing over it. I'm not, uh, like I said throughout the year, this isn't a draft that I would tank for. There's no one player that I would tank for, although I'm increasingly convincing myself Luka Doncic is that guy. But... Um, there are eight or nine good players. So I, I was never, like, you ask me why I didn't really care about tanking all year. One of the reasons why is because I was confident the Magic were getting a good player no matter what. Even if they end up, worst case scenario, at eight, if you end up with Mikal Bridges or Colin Sexton, I think you're doing something, I think you'll be okay. You're obviously not in the ideal position, but I think you'll be okay. Mikal Bridges, probably the best 3 and D guy. I think that he's a guy that if he doesn't reach his upper potential, which... Who knows what that is? I mean, he's obviously a little bit more experienced than some of these other players at, at 21 years old, nearly 22 now. Um, he's he's a three and D guy at the very least. He's he's like a he's like a Courtney Lee plus 
You know that he's going to hit that corner three. You know he's going to play good defense. And, you know, he's not a guy that's going to take over games, but he'll get hot and he'll score a lot of points. And and that's kind of who he is. And you put him in the right situation where he's the third or fourth option, he'll succeed. Um, and, and I think that's fine. And, and, if that, and if you know that's what you're drafting, that's fine. He has the potential to continue to get better. He did so every single year at Villanova. But I definitely think that uh, that 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 Bridges really does have the potent does does is just a solid player. I mean, he is a good pick. I don't think there is a, there's a bad outcome with Macau Bridges. I think his floor is a lot higher than a lot of other players. And you could convince me that you should take him over Porter or or Bagley if you're the Magic. Um, that I have him just because of that lack of potential, that that lack of upside. I do have him outside that group of seven. Uh, at nine, I have Colin Sexton. Uh, Colin Sexton, to me, uh, and, and uh, there's one more guy I need to add in here, but Colin Sexton, to me, great competitor. Um, absolutely a fantastic competitor. Uh, I love, you know, you, you saw the game where he went five on three and nearly beat Minnesota with, with two teammates because so many other guys fouled out and got hurt. You love that competitiveness. In the SEC tournament, in the NCAA tournament, he stepped up his game and and got better and and looked like he did at the early part of the season when he looked like he might be a top five pick. So this is a guy with top five talent. His jumper is a concern. He has to continue improving his jumper. And he had this really weird lull in the middle of the season where he wasn't putting up the numbers and wasn't producing the way that you wanted to. And that's why he's kind of fallen into the backside, into the middle of the lottery like he has. But Sexton is really talented. Um, and I think, you know, it, it might be an Alfred Payton redux, but I think he's a little bit, he's wired a little bit different than Alfred Payton. He's not quiet and shy. He will go take over games if you need him to take over games. And that's not something that Alfred Payton could do. So um, if you're not going to be able to shoot the ball, you need to be able to do that at least. Finally, uh, my number 10 guy is going to be um, Wendell Carter Jr. Probably should have him a little bit higher. Uh, he's a good foil to Marvin Bagley, better rim protector, better defender than Bagley. Um, not the most athletic guy, just kind of a solid player. I think he was held back a little bit offensively at Duke this year. Um, but an interesting player, uh, you know, he could be the guy that wows everyone in workouts and starts climbing draft boards as the process plays out. Uh, but um, just a really solid player. I, 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 every time I watch Duke, I was watching Bagley more, so I don't have a great feel for Wendell Carter Jr., but Ricky's really high on him. Uh, there's a lot of people who are really high on him who think that he could be a better pro than Marvin Bagley because he does what you ask NBA centers to do. Um, he defends. He protects the rim. He runs the floor. He runs the pick and roll real well. He can hit a, hit a little bit of a jumper, but that's not his. Not it's not really his game. Um, it, it, he's just kind of an overall solid player, and I think I agree with that. He does his profile does fit the NBA game just a little bit better. Well, I hope that gives you a brief glimpse into the NBA draft. Uh, we are going to start talking more and more about the NBA draft as we get closer, diving a little bit deeper into some of these prospects. That's my top 10. Those are That's my big board top 10 for the Orlando Magic. They'll, of course, be uh, have the fifth best odds at the NBA draft lottery on Tuesday, 8.8%. Be sure to tune in Tuesday night at 7.30 for our NBA draft, lot, our NBA draft lottery Google Hangout. Um, we'll be having our live show so you can interact with with me and some of our guests as well as we talk all about the Orlando Magic and get ready for the NBA draft. I hope to see all of you there. We'll simulcast, well, not simulcast that, but we'll cut the audio from that, including watching the NBA Draft Lottery Live for Wednesday's episode of Locked on Magic. But that's going to do it for me. I'm kind of winded. Um, I'm going to go 
lie down for a little while. Um, but I want to thank everyone again for listening. Thanks everyone again for sticking with me uh, throughout the week uh, and 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 dealing with with me as I recover. Um, I appreciate all the well wishes that I've received, um, and I'll hopefully be back in full force on Monday after Monday for Monday's episode of Locked On Magic. But until then, you can of course follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic, like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast and listening device. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including we're going to start our draft coverage off with a look back at the 15 best draft picks in Orlando Magic history. I'm sure there's going to be some disagreement on that list, but you can see my list of that on orlandomagicdaily.com. That'll be up Friday morning. Until next time, though, I want to thank everyone again for listening for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Rossenreich. I will see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.